Welcome to the Banner 18 Podcast. You are listening to Episode 1. Alright, you are listening to the Banner 18 Podcast. I am your host, Danny Priest, and I am joined by my good friend, David Stein, on the other side of the screen there. Wish we could do it in person, but you know the deal in 2020. So here we are over Zoom and Today, in our first episode, we're going to talk about the Celtics and the Eastern Conference as a whole. So to start, we're going to talk about the actual expectations we have for the Celtics as a team. Um, you know what, Dave? I'll hand it over to you first. What do you kind of see as the floor for the Celtics this year, and who are you looking at to kind of stand out for them? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. It's been a while since I've been talking about sports, but I'm glad to be back on. Um, the floor for them, I mean, obviously, you know, with the team and how they're built, it has to be a playoff team. But granted, they're in the East, so they'll always probably be in the playoff spot. But for them, I'd say at least they need to be a top four team. I mean, losing Hayward was definitely something, but I think in the long run, it will probably help them because you already have Tatum and Brown and Kemba. Those are three really good scorers right there. And I think Hayward was looking for a bigger role. Granted, I think he definitely helps, but I think he also needs guys like Marcus to still get his touches. And also they have a lot of guys on the bench who I think are going to come in a big way. So I think their floor is probably at least second round. That's probably where they should get it at the minimum. But for me, I think if they're going to make the finals, I honestly think this is probably their best year to do it. But, you know, we have to obviously hope for an injury-free season and, like I've said with the NFL to you, I think it's going to be interesting how COVID plays in. Granted, right. it might not be as big of an impact because I think the NBA has done a better job than the NFL. But, um, you know, if someone's out for like 10 days, I think that's like the quarantine limit. I don't know what the what it's going to be for the NBA. But if you're out 10 days, that could be like four or five games you're missing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could easily bring you down from like a two seed to a four seed in a really competitive season. So I'm excited to see though, what, what Brad does with this team. Yeah. I think it's a tough line. I agree with you. Like I think second round should be the expectation at least, but part of me feels like they should be able to get back to the conference finals again. I think it's tough because I think it really depends on health, like health in general and COVID because Kemba's knee, whatever's going on there. I know they got bench guys who are a little banged up. And then I do think a lot of the East around them got better. Philly, I think, got better. Brooklyn is going to be better if their guys stay healthy. I think the Bucks are still going to be really good. Uh, the big X factor, I think, is if they use that trade exception they have to bring somebody in whenever it is, midseason, when the second half of the schedule comes out. I think that could really swing things for them. But as far as the start of the season – Uh, I think they should come out of the gates pretty strong. I think Grant Williams is someone I would look to to step up and make a bigger impact this year. Hopefully his three-point shooting kind of flattens out and becomes consistent. It was really bad to start, really good later. So I think he's big. I think Robert Williams is big. And I mean, plain and simple, they just need somebody from the bench to emerge. I know one of your biggest frustrations last year was the bench. So I'm sure you would like to see some improvement out of them this year yeah I mean I think they did what they needed to to make the bench at least better you're right though I don't think this is the final team with a trade exception like that and you know Ainge I mean if you're able to pull something like that I don't think it's 
I, it's within his best interest to try to find someone. And obviously there'll always be guys who are on a one-year deal and they don't want to resign. And I think he's in a prime position to get someone, but you're right. The East definitely got better, but I think getting guys like Jeff T, I, I thought Naismith was a great pick considering where they were drafting. You know, he was a great shooter in college and he can kind of make his own buckets. So I hope that works out. And you do have a lot of guys who are developing. I still hold out for Romeo Langford. You know, poor guys had more surgeries than probably anyone on the team, but you know, he's good. Robert Williams is just what I think Semi was supposed to be. Granted, Semi was like a second round pick and he's still there. He's a defensive, he's great defensively against guys like Giannis, but you know, if he ever wants to get real minutes, you know, he needs to really step up his offensive performance. I saw that video on Twitter. You showed me of him airballing a three. So not a great start, but if he could ever, if he could ever develop into an offensive threat of any kind because all he does is really he's he's a catch and shoot guy which he's not even that great at but if he could add any layer to offense I think he'd actually kind of be very useful because realistically as everyone knows like we need someone who can stop Giannis Mm -hmm. in the east and he's probably our best option maybe Grant Williams too but he's a little smaller than semi so one of those two but I think adding scoring was definitely something that really the Celtics needed more than anything so you just gotta hope they develop which in the Celtics system they do a really good job of so yeah I think one we'll of them needs to step up and I actually think the loss of Wanamaker is gonna hurt I know he was kind of a frustrating player to watch at times um, he definitely had shortcomings that could be annoying to watch play out but he was really important to that bench last year so I think they're gonna miss his presence and I think it's on one of whether it's Tremont Waters, Carson Edwards, or Peyton Pritchard to kind of step up and assume some ball handling roles because we don't really know what Jeff Teague is going to look like. And until Kemba comes back, they're going to need other options to be able to handle the ball. I think from what we saw last year, Waters probably has the best chance to kind of emerge, but Edwards can rediscover his shooting stroke. Maybe he could talk himself into that conversation too, but I do think that's going to be important for them as well. Yeah, Edwards, it's hard because I think everyone got so hyped up about his performance in March Madness. And then in that preseason game when he hit like eight threes and mm-hmm. everyone was like, oh, we got a steal. But someone like his size, I think it's easy enough to neutralize him. And he wasn't a, he wasn't ready for that adjustment, even though he had different, even though he was on a team in college where he had to shoot from like 30 feet away. But it, it, it was like Jimmer in the sense that, like, it was crazy what he could do in college, but it wasn't fully translating to the NBA. So I feel like you're right. I think Waters is more NBA ready. I think he has more skills that can translate over from year one into year two and actually get quality minutes. Right. Yeah, so I think that's pretty much the big things we're looking at with the Celtics. Um, the bench is going to be more important than the starters right now. So the next thing we're going to do, last thing we're going to do is run through our predictions for the top eight seeds in the Eastern Conference. So we'll take it one seed at a time. I'll start off. I got the Bucks with the one seed this year. I think 72-game schedule, they're going to be probably right around that 55-win mark. I could see them way above it. I could see them a little bit below it, but it's pretty hard for me to envision them not being first in the East with Giannis and the pieces they still have around him. 
I'm going to agree with you on that, but something to consider with Milwaukee, I feel like this, this honestly, for me, the way I see their team, it's, it's winter bust because they've been hyped up for the past, like three years as like the team in the East. You know, I think, I think Budenholzer is a great coach. Obviously Giannis is really good and they have a good core around him, but the fact that they've only had one conference finals appearance where they lost to Toronto granted last year, Giannis did get hurt. I'll give them that, but their expectations have been finals and they haven't even reached that. Granted that's the Celtics too. You can make an argument for that as well, but with Milwaukee, I, I think they can be overrated at times. I think just because Giannis is so good, but like the fact that he can't shoot, you know, really limits their ability. If, someone can actually neutralize him but I think you're right I want to see how that holiday trade pans out because they did offer a lot to New Orleans to get him and I do think he's an upgrade over Bledsoe but I agree. is it worth the price we'll find out and they didn't get bogged on which would have been really nice because middle t- I mean they they need to rely on outside shooting to win right because Giannis takes up so much on the inside so we'll see if that like failed trade really ends up hurting them in the long run but yeah you're right they clearly have talent so they'll probably make it into the one seed yeah and I think I think you're right I think if they fall short this year I think Giannis is out whether he goes to Miami LA who knows but that's we could have a whole episode about that another day we'll see what happens there absolutely so number two was tough um had a few different teams I think could be in this spot for right now, I did put Boston in there. I think they're going to be right around that 50 win mark. I just think Tatum and Brown, if they stay healthy, they're going to be enough to win a lot of games for this team over the course of the regular season. So they were my two seed this year. I also had the Celtics. I would have put them at one. I truly do think they have the ability to, but I think with like a condensed season and the fact that I think Brad – Brad really wants to finally get to the finals. I think he'd be willing to kind of, you know, rest some guys certain games. Like I think he's going to rest Kemba more than we'd expect him to just because he doesn't want anyone hurt come playoff time. Cause he knows that we have to probably face teams like Miami and Milwaukee again. And another thing with Milwaukee, I feel like they're more willing to just kind of play, play their guys all the way through. So I think Brad's just going to probably like, in a shortened season where you're probably playing more back-to-backs, it's like, I don't think, I don't see him necessarily going all in on the regular season when you know you're probably a top four team. Mm. Yeah. And three, this is another tough one, but I had to give respect to the defending runner-ups in Miami and I put them in there at three. I think right below that watermark of 50 wins, I think 47, 48, 49 is probably their range. Um, think Jimmy and Bam just play so hard every night that they're going to be a handful in the regular season so I put them in there but I don't know last year doesn't feel like a fluke but it's hard to see them like being a final team again I don't know what do you think like did you have them at three yeah I had them there as well and I think you're right I don't want to necessarily say they're a fluke because I think when you look at how well they've drafted considering where they are like usually in the NBA the standard is like the top five guys, right? You know who you're probably going to take for the most part, mm-hmm. right? And at least in the past few years, there have been some really, really good guys in the top part. But considering they're kind of an end of the lottery team, they got Hero and they got Bam, which were obviously two really good picks for them. 
you sign Jimmy, you get Dragic, and that is honestly a really good starting lineup. Plus, you have Robinson, the three-point shooter, who's been a gem for them. So I think they're just a very, very well-developed team. But they, it's hard to say how necessarily good they are. I think they're a good team, but are they the best team? I think like the Celtics are a better team than them. I think the Bucks are. I think the Raptors on any given night can be better than them. But, you know, they know how to play and they're very well coached. So you got to give them credit. So I'd probably put them in the three spot as well. But yeah. then again, they, you know, they got plagued by injuries in the final. So That's obviously true. for every team, health matters, but especially with the heat, you know, they had a lot of big injuries towards the end of the year. And Jimmy plays a lot of minutes, you know, you need him to really go all in and in a shortened season. How viable is that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's fitting that you said health matters because the team I have at four is Brooklyn. And I think the statement health matters probably applies to them more than any other team, maybe in the league. Uh, if KD and Kyrie are good the whole way through the season, they could way exceed this expectation. But the reason I have them down at four is like Steve Nash is the head coach, but I don't really know if he's going to act like a head coach. Um, just with well, Kyrie don't want him as a head yeah, coach. Kyrie, so we'll find out. That'll be interesting. Um, KD and Kyrie work for sure. Like they're going to score a ton, but in terms of how everything else around them is going to function, that's going to be interesting to see play out. I saw like on Twitter last night, a lot of people were like, just like give the Nets the title now after seeing 10 minutes of Durant and Irving. It's like, you know, they played the Wizards. The Wizards couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. They were giving up like 140 points a night. So I don't take much from that. I think they have the potential to be really good, but as I see it now, I think they're kind of in the middle of the pack in the East until they prove that they have something there and it's working. Yeah, I'll, I'll share my own opinions about them when I bring them up. But at four, I just got the Raptors just because I think they're the most consistent team in all of the East for sure. I mean, they still have a good team. Granted, I think losing Gasol and Ibaka will obviously hurt. Those are two. I mean, they're starters, you know, and that's certainly something worth mentioning but I still think they have a really good team they still have Van Fleet who you know I'm a really big fan of Mm. they have Lowry and they have Siakam so those are three all-star level caliber players and that will always be enough to get you where you need to go Uh, the biggest thing for them though is probably just like how well are these guys on the bench gonna step up because a lot of their bench guys I think are just you know they come in they're spark their energy guys they come in they make a lot of good plays but when it comes to the playoffs you know we'll have to see all right can you put any of these guys in to get you a bucket that's always been the big thing like I like I said for the Celtics bench guys are great when they're energy guys but when it comes to the playoffs and like people aren't scoring you just you need bench guys who can just come in and get you a bucket and that's probably the biggest thing for right. the Raptors right now so but you know very well coached they always, they always go really hard in the regular season. I don't know if they're necessarily just trying very hard versus teams they should just blow out and they just win them. But they always end up being like a top two in the East. So I can't see them falling any lower than four. Hmm. That's fair. Uh, so five seed. I had Philly in at the five seed. Um, I really like their roster a lot more. 
than I did last year. I think Seth Curry, uh, some of the draft picks they made, guys they brought in were smart. I think it complements Embiid and Simmons much better. I think Doc Rivers is definitely an upgrade. Uh, it's just a lot of moving pieces. It's a shortened season. They have some health questions. So a five seed right around 45 wins kind of felt right for them. I have Philly here too. Part of me thinks like Philly could, I mean, they do have Doc now and they have a much more upgraded roster. I think part of me was like, I could put them at one. Mm -hmm. But the other part of me was like, they really do need team chemistry. You know me, that's one of my big things. I always feel like people assume too quickly, like really well talent constructed teams with a lot of talent means they're going to be good. But when you add so much talent, it takes time to figure out the type of offense you want to play. And also, like, I, I really don't like Ben Simmons. You know me. I've said this on numerous occasions. I think he's the most overrated player in the NBA. You can't go one off season without someone talking about Ben Simmons working on his jump shot. Like, no one's seen it. You can show me a thousand videos of Ben Simmons hitting a three-pointer in warm-ups, but it doesn't translate to the game. He's not going to step up and shoot a three. And it really limits you offensively because at least Giannis, he's willing to, like, he doesn't, I mean, if he's open, like he's not a great three point shooter, but at least he's willing to take him. Right. Mm -hmm. And plus he's just more dominating presence. He's longer, bigger, stronger. Ben Simmons can pass. Don't get me wrong, but it really limits what they can do. Cause teams like the Celtics and the Raptors specifically, and even the heat, cause they showed it as well they know how to defend against teams like that and it doesn't help you in the long run. But I feel like at least if you added, they added shooters, which is like the biggest thing. And like Danny Green and Seth Curry, like you mentioned, they're both really good. And I think that will help them because I think that means the ball will be in Ben Simmons hands less, which is nice. And God forbid they trade for Harden. If they trade for Harden, I'd probably argue this team could be in first. But, you know, I don't I don't know if they'd be willing to pull that kind of trade off. And I don't think Houston's willing to tr pull it off. So I think this team has a very high ceiling. But, you know, it's going to take time. and You got to see how each piece plays out. But I think if you play Simmons less and let these other guys kind of come in, I think that would make a big difference for this team. Yeah. So six seed, uh, I know you mentioned you had um, Brooklyn in there. Was that Brooklyn you said at six, or do you have a different team at six? Yeah, I have Brooklyn at six, but who do you have? Uh, so you could give your thoughts on them, but I had Toronto at six. This was tough because, like you mentioned, they're always really competitive. Um, I just kind of looking at their offseason, Lowry is aging, so I think his – fall off is going to start to come at some point not necessarily a fall off but at least a decline I think Siakam was really bad in the bubble and he needs to kind of rediscover himself and I think the loss of Ibaka and Gasol hurt them a lot so at least for me it was a lot of signs kind of pointing down for them uh, I don't really see how they elevate from last year I mean Siakam could get back to form but that might not be enough so I think they're still going to be really good, like mid-40s for wins. I just think they're going to see their place in a strengthened East kind of drop. So that was why I had them where I did. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I I like how they play. That's why I had them at four. Mm -hmm. But I put Brooklyn at six, and this is hard because Kevin Durant's my favorite player. You know, he's been for years, and I'm glad he's back. 
but it's hard to say with this team. I feel like some people, you can look at them and think, oh, they're going to be dominant. I mean, they do have the buildings of a really good team. You have two top, probably top 10 players individually, right, in Durant and Kyrie. And you have a lot of good supporting cast. Joe Harris is a great shooter. You got Levert and Dinwiddie who are really good. And Jared Allen's a great rim protector. So they have the buildings of a really good team. For me, I mean, I'm biased, obviously. And I saw the Kyrie experiment here and it didn't work out. And he was on a really talented team. Granted, different circumstances. But, you know, you look at a team like Brooklyn, Lavert wants the ball like he might not show it but he can score he's going to want his touches Dinwiddie can score he's going to want his and when you don't necessarily have a head coach like Steve Nash obviously is a smart guy right he was a great NBA player but when it comes to winning finals unless your name's LeBron you, you need a good head coach right Steve Kerr has completely obviously Golden State's talented but he implemented a system where it benefits all the shooters right or you look at Miami, Spolster has always been a good coach. Budenholzer's a really good coach, right? All these guys who have made it to like conference finals or finals, they understand what they're doing. And when you have a new head coach and you're trying to bring Kevin Durant back into the mix, granted, we don't even know how good he's going to be. Even if he's 80%, obviously he's still a dominant force. But the biggest thing is like, how is Kyrie going to adjust? Is he going to, you know, be the same type of issue he was in Boston? Or will him and Durant complement each other? Because they, they are the Brooklyn Nets ceiling. Like, they will determine how far they go. Obviously, the bench pieces are nice. But when you got two guys who are capable of doing as much as they are, if they can complement one another, I think they can reach the finals. But I, I've just seen it enough times with Kyrie and a very – not to say Nash is a bad coach, but because we don't know yet. But when you don't, when you got someone like Kyrie saying, "Oh, we don't, we don't need a head coach," right? That's already a bad start with yeah. Nash, and I think it's just going to lead to tensions down the road. Where can they win games? Obviously, you have talent. Talent wins games, but you need continuity when it comes to winning meaningful games. And I don't, I don't see Brooklyn having that. Mm-hmm. And you got to, and I don't know how long is Durant going to be in every game or is he still, is he still rehabilitating? And Kyrie's been injury prone throughout the years too. So I am at six though. I think they can easily go up, but the talent alone will get them to six. Yeah. And I think there's a move, a move to be made there too. There's too many pieces hanging around there to satisfy them all. So I think something's going to change with that roster, but anyways, we'll move to seven and eight. Um, I'm interested to see if we have the same teams in these two spots. So at seven, I actually have Washington. I think adding Russell Westbrook is like weirdly kind of a better version of John Wall. I don't think Westbrook or Wall is totally useful right now, but Wall plays super hard. Bradley Beal's really good and they can score the ball a ton. So if they can just get a few stops, they're going to get, high 30s, low 40s, number of wins, and they'll be a playoff team. So I, I put them in there. I have them at eight, but I, I I agree. I think they're playoff material just because of Westbrook and Beal. And, and their draft pick, too. Um, I can't think of his name, but Any? the guy they draft. 
the guy that drafted nine. Yeah, I think he was the steal because I thought he was a top four, top five pick. And, you know, he's one of those Euro guys that he can handle the ball. He can shoot. He can do a lot for that team. And it's really needed for a team like the Wizards that just need talent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully Hashimura can develop more as well, being a lotto pick. But at seven, I have the Hawks. And I, I was – this was a hard one because – Part of me is like, I think there's teams like the Pacers that could be there as well. But the more I watch the Hawks, the more I'm just like, you know, if everything comes together, they are a really good team. They're still developing, obviously, but I think they're ready to make some type of push for the playoffs because Trey Young is just sensational. You know, ever since he came into the NBA, I think people have kind of just been in awe of his skill. And last year, he really grew on the same, almost the same level as Luca in their own right, right? He was just, you know, he scores a lot. He can move the ball and he's just great. And I think they have the type of team around him that is suitable for his style of play because you got Bogdan, Gallinari, who's just a good vet to have. And I think they drafted really well. You have Cam Reddish. Um, you have the center they took in the draft. Um, wow, from USC. USC. They have Capella. Yeah. Yeah. And Capella, right? They have two similar type of guys who can protect the paint. John Collins still. Obviously, the biggest question for them is defense because this team sounds like the type of team that's probably going to score like 115 points a game and allow like 110 points a game. So it'll be interesting, though, to see how they do. But I think that they are ready to kind of take that next step. They have a good starting lineup and a good bench. So as long as they can just develop at a solid rate, I think they can kind of be a sneaky team, but there's still plenty of things that can limit this team, right? You know, God forbid, you know, one of these role guys that kind of regressed, but yeah, they have the talent, I think, just to somehow sneak into a seventh seed in a weak conference. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's probably going to be whoever – learns to play defense faster between them and the Wizards. He's going to grab one of those bottom spots. But, yeah, I had uh, Indiana at eight just because they're kind of the same team, so it's hard to deny that they'll win games. But right now, at least to me, it kind of feels like they're a team that they got to just kind of tear it down and rebuild. I think Oladipo probably doesn't want to be there. Sabonis is good, but he doesn't really get you to that next level. I'm out on Miles Turner. You know that. I'm all set on him. I don't think he's very good. And I like Malcolm Brogdon, but I wish he was on a better team. So, yeah, it gets kind of kind of dark down there at the bottom. I'd probably rather see the Hawks in than the Pacers, but we'll see what happens. So pretty similar top eight. I like that you threw the Hawks in there. I think that's cool. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much all. You got any other thoughts on the conference or you good? I mean, I mean, the Pacers are one of those teams where – it's like in, in any sport, really, like the NFL or the NBA, right, where you have pretty big salary caps, I think you either got to be competitive and push for it, or you just got to tear it down and rebuild because money wins in the NBA, sadly. That's the one thing I don't like about the NBA. It's really like you got to, you know, kind of go for these max guys that can lead your team. And they have a good team, the Pacers, I think, you know, like they mentioned, the guys you just did, I think they have a solid team, but it's not the type of team that will stand out by any means. You know, they haven't really made any solid progress. 
and Oladipo's injury really crippled them, I think, because he hasn't been the same player. And it, it's just hard to say. I mean, they could make the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but I feel like with this team, they're better off just, like, kind of trading away Turner, um, probably trading away Oladipo, too, to be honest, and kind of just hitting the reboot button. But, I mean, the East is just not that good, and it's hard to say, you know, if any of these other teams will step up. Like the Hornets, the Hornets aren't that great. I think, you know, they overpaid for Hayward. Lamelo's, I mean, Lamelo's good, but I don't really see them going anywhere. The Magic have been a playoff team, but they, they're another team that's just, I don't even know what to do with them. Like they kind of just make moves, but they don't really know what they're doing. And then the only other team, maybe, maybe the Bulls, even though they're not that great, but Forbes has them pretty high for whatever reason, but I don't think they're that good of a team. I thought they kind of reached on uh, Patrick Williams in the draft. Better coach is probably but, what they got going for them right now. Yeah, that's true. But I think overall, it's kind of those, like, the only teams that have an actual chance, I'd say, are those top five, six teams. It's not like the West where I think there's, like, some other teams that can kind of, you know, make a run in the playoffs at, like, a lower seed. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, that's going to uh, pretty much wrap it up for us here on episode one. So I think we'll hit it again next week, watch some preseason basketball, and then feels crazy, but the regular season will be here. So we'll be good to go. Davey, thank you for joining, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for having me.